everybody. Welcome back to Rumcraft Podcast. I'm your host, Golden. And today with me, we have a pretty good uh, chi-packed episode. And first off, we have the Scribe of Knowledge, the Parser of Power, the Nun of Numbers, the one, the only, Mr. Spreadsheet Rotund. How are you doing today? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to keep adding... That's... <laughs> I'm just going to keep wish, adding things to it each like week. I wish I had in-game titles for each of those things that you, that you described. I can just have this big long name and it would <laughs> take up the screen. Kind of like a Paragons after you kill it. You know, you yeah, get that little, or that Maloriac little back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> so are we doing pretty good this week then? Yeah, um, things are really good. We're working on um, Siege Crafter this week, and I got assigned to do Belt Duty full-time, so I'm Yay. getting used to throwing down Transcendence <laughs> and, and kind of just working on dodging beams and such. It's uh, I like that fight. Awesome, and we have a very special guest, all the way from Euroland, as I like to call it. Just wait Euro. for method. Yeah, Euroland. <laughs> it's it's like a, it's its own amusement park that I get to watch when you guys kill bosses too fast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just wait. How are you doing today? Thank you for joining the show. Uh, good evening for me at least. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, exactly. Good evening for you back uh, back there in uh, Sweden. I, be- I believe correct. No, I'm I'm currently situated in Slovakia. Oh, Slovakia. It's- Slovakia, yes. Even more, from, even more European. <laughs> and, and originally, I'm from the Netherlands. I'm assuming everyone knows that one. Uh, yeah. So that's yes. Thanks again for joining us. I mean, it's pretty awesome to have someone from. I've been trying for a long time to get someone from the European nations. <laughs> no, I'm going to go through everything. I'm going to say like the UN pretty soon. <laughs> I'm going to just like you know. But uh, yeah, I've been trying a long time to get someone from the uh, that section since you guys are so uh, actually right now pretty dominant. And I guess that'll go into the first question I have for you. Why does it seem that Europeans are so dominant right now? I, I know there was a question that was actually brought up on um, the actually the 5.4 developer like roundtable. I guess you could call it where it had. Uh, Ian Hasakostas was there, you know, when they're talking about it, and that the majority of Europeans are there to raid. Is that kind of why it seems like that Europeans are really at the t- forefront right now in raiding? Um, I'm not sure if that the question was about that when they were talking about the European thing. It was more about that the Europeans are like they're all in the same time zone mostly. Maybe that's one of the effects of it has, but I don't know. Yeah, is it only like one or two hours difference between all you guys? Or Yeah, maximum there's like two hours, unless they're in Russian, but they have their own servers. So mm-hmm. so, so you think it's really maybe that? that the, it's a lot easier. It's a, it's a larger pool of every guild to select from. So you like you guys with uh, you know Method being able to pick up you know some of the like cream of the crop, I guess you would call it, as you know being able to pick up the best players that you can is that one of the reasons like there's a lot of guilds out there that are you know constantly top five world even you know when you think that maybe they could drop down from tier to tier it just seems like everybody wants to navigate towards like those type of a guild mm-hmm. yeah i think so there's a lot of people that are like from different countries and it's just uh, not just i mean i don't know i, don't, I see america you know it's one country and mm-hmm. it's limited mm-hmm. i guess yeah, and I guess like I mean, from what I understand, the just the the European scene just more vibrant. There's more like it's just a bigger deal, and there's more people playing the game over there than there are in America. Yeah, I have n- I've never seen numbers between U.S. and Europe, though, so I'm not I'm not sure if there's more people actually mm-hmm. playing, but it feels like it. I, I think there might be just more actual physical players in America. Well, I mean, or China. I mean, we don't We're even just know China casual. numbers. There might just be more in China because they have more people. I mean, we never I haven't seen well, those numbers. I was gonna say I'm. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm pretty sh- I'm pretty sure that your the China the Eastern culture is there's a lot of those mm-hmm. people playing. Mm-hmm. We just don't know about them. Yeah, I mean we don't know the numbers, but I mean I think basically from you know if you think about the Americas because you have to you know if you throw yeah. in South America too because there are some people in some top guilds from like you know Brazil or uh, Cuba or well not Cuba yeah. but like you I mean, know we Dominican play... Republic. Yeah, we have a couple. We have like two or three players that actually like they tunnel in from Brazil and like Peru and stuff to to play. So um, yeah. I, I guess it's just easier to talk trash to the Europeans. You can't, you can't <laughs> talk trash to the Chinese people as easy or whatever. So yeah, it's yeah. A, that EU versus US battle that keeps sprouting up in all these kind of competitive esports atmospheres, and you know it's always been in. I think it's just because it was like always dominant in the US because you know they get the patch the day earlier. And then, you know, they get all the content, they can race up ahead to like a sprint out to a lead, and then here comes you guys in Method, uh, just wait, just kind of doing that like uh, mile run speed and just kind of slowly go right by everybody. Is it, uh, I guess that's kind of how it, how it looks, at least to myself, looking at like the, the top 10 right now. If I look at the top 10, 25 right now in tier 16, there are uh, two, two, US two U.S. and the rest are Europeans. If it, but exorc- yeah. you know, um, exorcists, which is Russian. So the rest of them are all Europeans. So if you think about that, you know, seven out of the top ten are European guilds, and, and it's just it's very interesting now compared to how it was. Like I remember back in Vanilla, where Death and Taxes was like the guild. Like if Death mm-hmm. and Taxes was the guild that killed everything first, it seemed like, or at least were the ones that were reporting it first. Um, there yeah. were, you know, some other guilds that were killing it first. This is back in like Inville and, and BC, and I guess that goes into my next question, which I think we kind of talked on a little bit because of the time zones. But I want to get your take on it, and just because I've always wanted to know why is Method so good right now? Like, I, it's like seems like the last few tiers, especially this expansion, and it seems even going into the last one, Method is always at one or two, like right there with twenty-five man world first. Why are you guys like so dominant right now? Is it? It's- are you it's keeping players the, or the management and the leadership has been the same since I'm on the thing. It's been around Firelands pretty much. I'm just digging tier, tier fourteen or no, what was it tier the Black Queen Ascent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think 11. tier eleven, I think, yeah. I, I think there's a document. That, yeah, sorry. That's when that's since then the leadership has been stable pretty much. There's been a lot of members switching switching since then, but we've been pretty stable with our leadership. And I think that's what brings us to the top really. So I guess it would be kind of like every kind of describes it as the core of the guild, meaning the the you know bread and bo- the the bones I guess of the guild or yeah, the meat and bones, sure. the meat and potatoes have been the same people for the entire time. A method has been so dominant, and so everybody knows what to expect. Everybody knows how to play their character, their classes. I mean, I'm, I'm not obviously going to go into the next question with that one, but uh, mm-hmm. you know everything like that. Everybody's expected to do a certain thing. People know how certain people play versus like certain fights, everything like that. So it's it's kind of like you, everybody knows everybody. I guess is the easiest way to explain it. So there's not as much turnover. But it, I mean, is there a lot of turnover in method? I mean, do you guys experience like frequent turnover, or is it just you know a few players here or there? You know, you bring in someone new, or how does that kind of work out? Like how are you guys uh, you know because it's just interesting to see a team you know a, a group so dominant you know that without having you know it seemed like a lot of turnover. Now I have to ask this question. What, what is it, what exactly is turnover? Because that's oh, okay. word. Um, it mean, meaning like people replacing, leaving, replacing yeah, replacing members in the guild or... roster. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Well, each tier we have about like what two or three people that are quitting, and we replace those. Mm-hmm. That, but that's about it. 
Yeah, because usually like, you see, yeah, most guilds it's like five or six, a, a, not even a tier, but may, maybe like three or four tier or an expansion, you might see like seven or eight people leaving for some guilds just because they're like, well, I'm just done with this expansion or I have you, I'm moving on or, or anything yeah. like that. And then well, I guess it's just, you know, you guys are just able to recruit from anybody. I mean, how many apps do you get a day that you, I mean, I'm not sure if you know, but do you get like tons of apps like every day from people that want to join Methan? Well, we get a lot of applications, but most of them are from people that like, aren't good enough anyways, unfortunately. Like, the most people that we recruit are not even through the application system because they contact us, like, directly. Mm -hmm. We talk with them, and then they, we ask them to put in an application just to, for, so other, the member can see it. I mean, do you guys, ever, I mean, do you guys ever poach from other guilds or anything like that, or is that kind of less common? Well, yes, I guess. I mean, of course. <laughs> if there's good players around, yeah, I mean... We used to have some people that were doing it, like Kusnam. You must have heard about him, but unfortunately he quit. Like that was the old red leader. Mm -hmm. He used to he used to be good at that. Now we don't have anyone really right now doing it, but we're looking into it for sure. Gotcha. So yeah, I mean, uh, because of right now, I don't think you I mean. In my opinion, I don't think you really have to. If you say, "Hey, we're we've been number one for the last this entire expansion." Hey, just you know, come to us if you want to be number one. I mean, that to me, if if I'm doing a prog if I'm a progression raider, that's the first thing I'm gonna look to is the best guild I can get into. Do you think it's a lot of times that people have problems with getting into like, um, you know, if you if there's like a if I'm a say a European player and I'm you know really good at my craft, say I'm a, a warlock, which everybody wants, you know, obviously, um, and I'm really good and I'm you know say I'm parsing really good on logs or anything like that, and I'm doing really, really well in fights, not dying a lot, but I just think, oh, I can't make it in a method. They're too good. Like, is that, do you get a lot of that too, where people, you ask someone, it's like, hey, why don't you send an application? Why don't you join us if someone's looking for a new guild and they're really good? Do they just think they can't make it in? Is that, is that, do you see that happening right now? No, not really. It's more, it's more going to be about if they can manage the rate times or not, to be honest. I don't, I don't think many people that are, like, good and they know they're good they don't, they don't think they're not good enough. They just don't think they can manage the times and the rate times that we do in the first two weeks of progress. Yeah, so it, yeah, it seems that's, that's kind of how it is, too, especially when I talk with some of my friends in Blood Legion, especially with when I had Rignaros on and Snarfy as, as well as last week. I try to get Snarfy on now so we can have some some fist fighting <laughs> with the uh, the two top monks, you know, two monks in the top two guilds, but unfortunately he was, uh, he's been casual now. I mean, Blood Legion is a casual guild right now. I mean, that's... Uh, after the tier is cleared, it's like everybody's all casual and everything. So, yeah, but they log on yeah. once a day or once a week, brother. <laughs> but I mean, is that is that how it is now? Like for you right now, uh, just wait. Is are you just kind of just relaxing, kind of all that stuff? Like you know, the last what is it? Three weeks that you basically just focused on the game, focus getting those first kills, and then now it's just relax. You just get to kind of enjoy the rest of the tier or the rest of the expansion. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, we do. We're running ten man alt groups and we're just doing flex like several times a week some of us but there's also members that are just hanging around like offline basically in their lives and just log on on sunday evening clear everything in one night and then they they're like see you next week and so we yeah, don't see I mean, them I, again for yeah. a week yeah <laughs> i mean yeah that's kind of cool that it's, it's like that i mean obviously like for me and rotun we're you know working on siege crafter which i know you have first-hand knowledge of how t uh, demanding that fight is and how tough it is when yeah. you're trying to get the first kill on it um now what are your thoughts on that on 5.4 um, you know, talking with Rignaros and Snarfy, uh, Snarf last week, um, they really brought up the fact that it, the tier really didn't get difficult until you hit Thok. Is that kind of your same uh, opinion? Um, 
Well, it didn't get. I think it got more difficult at Malkarok already, but the, it wasn't as cheap yet. But it, you can definitely notice the difference. As soon as you got out of after Nascrim, you got Malkarok, which took longer than everything else so far. Yeah, you guys and finally I'm, started I'm, wiping on like yeah, what, yes. like, like Camp to Malkarok. I was actually hoping before we went to bed here in Europe, like you know, we were hoping, okay, let's hope Malkarok is gonna keep Legion busy, and then <laughs> I think before we even went. Before we even went to sleep, or just after we woke up or something, they killed it, and we're like, okay, that brick wall was not strong enough either. And now, but, now one question I have with that as well is going as kind of a tangent. Now, when you're sitting back and you're waiting, because you're sitting there, you know, for us it's Monday night, for you it's Tuesday night, but, you know, Blood Legion's going through and stomping through bosses, and you see that they hit a, you know, 7 out of 14 relatively quickly. Do you think, okay, well, these bosses must be a lot easier. We can kind of, you know, get as much gear up on them instead of going in with our, like, our best comp. Do you think Do you think of like that? Like, do you actually adjust your play or maybe strategies based on how other guilds are killing bosses faster? Faster? Yeah, most of, definitely. We had, like, we the night before, like, the officer sat down and we had a whole spreadsheet with every single boss in there and all the tactics we wanted to do and the setups we wanted to use. And then we saw Blood Legion kill, like, up to Malkarok, and we just went back to the spreadsheet and we just typed down Cirque in, in all of the buses. <laughs> <laughs> because, because it was obvious that we didn't need to do anything special because they're just going to fall over anyways. So that's what we did, basically. <laughs> and then, so I guess, does that allow you as well to be able to, to get loot on the people that you know based on testing that are going to be difficult fights later in the tier. So, like, you instead of going in with, like I said, with your main team, like, your best players, or like you said, fight-specific players, you can say, well, we have to get all our rogues geared, so let's try to get them in for all these bosses that drop the best rogue gear kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we could have done that, but I don't think we we did bother it much at all, because we didn't know what was going to be needed on Garrosh yet. Okay. Like, we just went in and cleared it. Plus, we don't have that many mem- members right now. So the raid was pretty much filled with what we were using anyways. We had max like 40 people sitting out because that's our roster right now. So you have, uh, f- did you say 14 people sitting out or 40? Four, uh, four people. Oh, four, about four. Like we have 32 members, including trials, I think, right now. So is that is that kind of how you guys like to do it? I mean, that's how my guild does it. I know some guilds carry like 40 plus members for for you know i mean that's what they like to have they like to have more and more and more members but do you guys like to have a smaller roster uh just yeah, to we go like, into fights we prefer to have it as small as, as small as possible but we did feel that it was a bit too small this tier just because we had some people quit as well right before mm-hmm. like we had only one mage and one moonkin for example so we were not as comfortable with those classes, but luckily they weren't as overpowered and Wallace were, <laughs> which we had like four of, so and yeah, same t- for Rogue. Yeah, yeah t- uh, like, I like to call them group, like we're looking at first kills and seeing like the, the raid comps when you have little raid frames up, it's like, oh, there's a group Rogue or there's a group Warlock. It, it seems like that this tier especially was more prevalent where you could see like five Warlocks or at least four in, a, in every kill for most of the top guilds. Um, yep. And then uh, going into that as well, um, now, I know Blood Legion does this where they have a bunch of alts that are just as geared. Does Method do that as well? Do you have, like, three or four alts per, per person that they can jump to? Like, I can jump to, like, a Shadow Priest or a Warlock, depending on if it's needed or anything like that? Yeah, we have we have uh, alts set up, but we haven't did any done any big assignments this time around because, I mean, the gear makes such a big difference nowadays. Like, if you have a main character in heroic gear and your alt is just still stuck with the previous gear and not, nothing heroic, you're going to be lacking on DPS and stuff. Like, the only 
time you'd switch to any alt was if you would can choose anything, like Rogue Cloak, Mage, Ice Block. Yeah, so kind of like a, a Lei Shen, I guess you can think, where you could use like a Rogue or you could stack Monk. Well, I mean that, you probably want to stack Monks where they could, you know, solo soak very easily uh, on, on the platforms. Is that something what you mean by, like, where you just kind of... Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But nowadays, I mean, most classes can do the, all those things, anyways. Like the alts haven't been that big of a deal any, anymore. Don't the only thing time they're needed is in the first week in the normal modes to boost the mains, pretty much. So then it yeah, goes. It seems like well, it seems like yeah. There's not that many like class mechanics that can break encounters anymore, but it's more just how they're tuned and you know, what kind of output they can put forward. I would say. Like I mean, yeah. the warlock issue, I guess, but. <laughs> yeah, we we had Blatty, our mates. Like he didn't know what he was gonna play, like mage or warlock, until like one or two weeks before the progress was about to hit. Just then, balancing was almost done, so he knew he was gonna play warlock. And is it do you, when you go to PTR before a tier? Do you really keep your eye on how numbers are doing? Um, I know that you know monks were pretty bad in five two in the beginning, and it seemed like from what I re- recall, you were still on your monk. Is is that just? You knew that even though there was not going to be as top, like or as really skilled, you're still going to be able to be a valuable member to the team. Or how did that play in? Like, how does it play in when you go into a PTR or you go live and your numbers are either lower or it doesn't seem like you're going to be as strong as you were previously? On the PTR, we don't. I don't care much about numbers myself. Maybe some other people do, but it's mostly for a PTR. It's mostly about mechanics, like how to cheese anything, how to do the max DPS and things like that. So then I guess going into like 5-2 when we had that, you know, 10% chunk at the beginning, did that concern like you or, you know, Trekkie or anybody else in, in the raid team that maybe you wouldn't be as, as, you know, dominant as you were before? Or is it going to be, was it, were you just, like you said, just going for the mechanics of the fight and saying, well, you know, I could take almost no damage on any of these encounters, so I might be a good asset to the raid team? Well, in, in 5.2 case, it's more, it's more like an issue of, am I going to get ruined? In the first week or second week or not, which I didn't in the end. But luckily, I'm one of the the valuable members in the raid. So with my input and everything else, so I was still used. So luckily, plus I ended up tanking on Lei Shen, mm-hmm. which would mean the DPS didn't matter as much. Okay, and then that goes into my next question as well. Um, with you know your you know how you play, because I know you do have the Brewmaster uh, off spec like myself. I don't know if Rotan has that. What do you, do you yeah. have? Brewmaster. Yeah, and I'm fully I'm fully planning on kiting ads on uh, on Garage <laughs> when we get there. So that's kind of and we have a Mistweaver, and, and Mistweaving seems like it got nerfed a little bit. It's more fun to kill them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, obviously it's more fun. I mean, and that's the one thing too is that you know the the two strategies. I know you you guys come up with really great ones. You know, Midwinter comes up with something different, Blood Legion something else different, and I know uh, Exorcist comes up with other things. So, uh, going into that a little bit about like off specking, um, was there some fights where you actually did off spec this tier and you went, you know, we didn't need a third tank, or did you know that right away when you went in there? on like the first pull that you knew that you didn't need it. Do you like stick with the plan if you think it's going to work or do you just abandon it if you think, well, there's no reason I'm a third tank here? Well, we used three tanks on Dark Shamans. We knew that from the PDR already. Mm-hmm. So I was tanking on Dark Shamans. And then when we hit Siegecrafter, we started with two tanks. And then at one point we tried three tanking it. So we were able to stack up the debuffs easier and kill the ads for the tanks. But then decided not to go for it because I was needed on the belt for to kill the weapons all the time. So we just went back to two tanks because it was 
doable, no problem. Mm-hmm. But just for safety that we were using three tanks there. And mm-hmm. yes. Okay, go finish. I was gonna say like uh, I mean I know a lot of guilds are moving towards having brewmasters as main tanks. Have you ever felt pressure to go like to kind of step up and, and be like a main tank brewmaster or is go pretty much um holding the reins on that? <laughs> nah, Sko is not doing anything. If Sko, Sko is the one saying that if uh, if he, if we feel that we can't use him at good, we should replace him because he's usually away for work after the second first week as well. That's why I ended up tanking on Paragons of the Quaxi because Sko had to go to work, so we decided that I'll I'll be tanking that. I gotcha. And then and you then like I'm, top the meters, right? You know, you're just like topping the meters, like looking down at everybody <laughs> on that fight. Well, to be honest, on Paragons, I was more like trying to keep myself alive than it, more than anything because <laughs> those, bu- those, mm-hmm. those bugs hit hard. Yeah, and there's lots of laser beams, there's lots of scorpions, and there's aim to deal. I mean, I think, do you, did you end up, I know some guilds I have uh, Misswe or Windwalkers soak the aim. Did you do that on No, no, because I was thinking. Oh, I saw uh, it. Yeah, right. I, was, I was thinking. So. And, and I guess that goes into another question as well. Um, do you, like, because I know Windwalkers are kind of like on the lower end of the totem pole compared to like rogues or warriors just because of the raid utility that they provide. Have you ever thought about picking up like a second Windwalker or are you just like kind of going, well, not really right now? Is that kind of the, the way that it's looking for, like at least in progression, that when you're thinking about maybe adding another member? No, we've never even – I mean I've always tell, told the rest of the people that a second Windwalker doesn't bring anything to the raid. I mean I'm here. I'm, I can play Windwalker if needed and I'll tank if needed. And a second one is just gonna fill the rage spot, which might as well be a rogue. So we'd never thought about recruiting a second windwalker yet. And then I guess going into that um, as well, is it the is that just because of the utility that other classes provide that just makes it better f- for them to uh, keep with them? Like you, like you said, like a rogue or or a hunter. Or any, I mean, not, not even a hunter, but. Um, Rogue or warrior, it just because you know banner rally and then the cooldown for the raid is just much more better than what the monk currently offers. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's also the self-survivability. I mean, everyone always says that monks can survive on their own; they don't need anything. But if you look at rogues, I mean, they have their they're in the exact same situation, mm-hmm. except they also have smoke bomb. So, and they also like yeah, you, know, you know, have the sprint, which is a little more I think I think a little more reliable. Uh, being able to use like I think killing spree or some of the other things that can proc that can kind of port them to certain areas definitely makes yeah, them a good valuable member. And they have their bursts back, and they have their mm-hmm. cloak of shadows, and they have their faint. I mean, they have all the tools a melee would need, really. Now going into that as well, would you think that? Uh, I mean, well, actually, I asked this question with you know Snarfy and Rig as well. Um, are if if Monk doesn't if Monk stays the same how it is currently, where there's no like raid really raid utility when you think about it, like no. You know, Statue Zwen, which I, you know, Rig really brought up last week, and I thought that was a great idea, where it's kind of like a Stormlash-esque ability, where you, like, drop, like, a statue that looks like Zwen, and everybody gets, like, a damage boost. Um, if there's no, nothing like that, or no, like, kind of raid cooldown, or maybe Zen Med was worked differently to, to make it more valuable, um, are you going to be swapping to another character come 6.0, or is that just going to be really up to how the class looks in 6.0? No, I'm pretty sure I'll stick to my monk, just because the ability to have one in the raid and have a brewmaster available because that's I mean I'm covering two roles basically okay. yeah I mean like, it's it's not enough just to like not have a I mean it's good to have a, a full spectrum of a full toolkit when you're going into a raid and it's, it's, I mean even if we don't I mean I think Blizzard will if they don't learn their raid cooldown lesson in 6.0 then there's something very very wrong but um, 
Like I think a lot of, if that doesn't get dealt with, it's still worth having a monk around just because there, there might be one or two or three encounters where one of our tools could end up breaking it. And just, it's, it's very, very much easier to have a monk. Right. And diffuse magic. I mean, and Zen mats, I mean, they can be underestimated, like the 90% reduction. You can yeah. soak things that others, there's no way they can do it because they don't, they might immune it, which like removes something which you, they're not allowed to remove. Like I remember on Raden in, in the red phase, I mean, not many people might know it, but a, a, a monk could solo soak in that phase, for example. Like we'd have, we, we'd have plans for a, to have two monks in there, both using the diffuse fu- magic and sun mats to soak that debuff. Yeah, yeah, that's but why I did. I actually, uh, actually died on our first kill because I didn't hit it. I didn't know it would die that fast because everybody swapped to it, and I actually killed. Didn't hit my diffuse, but yeah, I was actually up for twice on our on our first raw end kill. Um, it because uh, you know it's just so much stronger than like a shadow priest that has to you know use it at a certain time where we could basically still damage while having our personal cooldown up, which is I think like you said something that other classes don't really have. I mean, Zen Med you can't. But the other one, uh, you know, you can. Um, and I guess then going into that as well, uh, just asking about, you know, you said about Brewmaster a lot. Have you ever tried Mistweaver or have you just said, nope, I'm not going to heal? I have never tried Mistweaver. I'd love to try it, but I never came around to it. I'm, I'm just too lazy to set up my bars and <laughs> fix the whole spec. I mean, it's so different from Brewmaster and Windwalker. Those buttons are almost the same, but Mistweaver, I have no idea. I don't even know what most of the spells do, so... Or you just be like uh, some people and just say, yeah, Chi Wave, that's my heal. <laughs> and healing orbs, don't forget about those. 60k oh, yeah. for 40 energy. Mm-hmm. Worth it. Yeah, definitely good for Seize Crafter. If anybody out there is like currently working on that and there's a monk, you know, definitely, yeah, that I've I've helped heal up some hunters uh, a few times on that uh, in our progress uh, in Seize Crafter. Um, okay. I, and used, then, I used them every single week there. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, so going into more specific. Windwalker uh, kind of a talk. I know we've been talking a lot more about like you know wide spectrum things like five four, even five two, and especially method. Um, now I know we we asked before the show if you had done the Chibru changes. So um, I had a lot of people ask about you know our thoughts on Chibru changes. So I guess I'll, this will be a question for you, Rotund. Um, what are your thoughts on the Chibru? Fi- well, not really changed the fix because it was a bug that no one really knew about. Mm. Apparently there was a bug. I mean, so. we tested it on the PTR, and I think uh, there have been threads about it, like on the PTR forums, when they're saying, "Hey, Chibru doesn't proc extra stacks or whatever." But um, I guess they finally decided that we that was good to have that in the game, so they they fix it. Like no one kind of saw it coming. Um, as far as I can tell, like unless you're using unless you're using rushing Jade Wind like heavily during a fight, so like say Galakras or spoils i would say just go cheap brew full time because it's it's that extra tiger eye brew is is super valuable and i've i've tried i even tried running cheap brew and rush heavy rushy jade wind but you just don't have the energy to keep up but for pretty much every other fight like i would say use cheap brew and it's it's great for having lots of burst i know that uh, i know that it felt really, really nice having that right before we started Siege Crafter, Siege Crafter pro- progression this week because I can just pop a couple of cheaper at the beginning of the, of the encounter and have eight Tiger Eye Brew stacks for the first... Up to. Like, without even doing anything. <laughs> yeah, without even doing anything. Yeah, you get up to up to eight with uh, using both both charges. So, um, it's... That's where we're going to notice it the most, for sure. Yeah. I mean, before the change, I always used to have, like, seven to eight stacks, like, after the pool during the heroism and stuff, but now I'm definitely going to have a stack of 10 to use. Mm-hmm. 
just a few seconds after the pull. Yeah, I mean, it's like it, it's pretty staggering because it's definitely noticeable. Yeah, it, it's like when you like I because I think actually got may gotten hot fix on Monday night, like before the pat, like before the Tuesday reset, because we were doing Seize Crafter, and I was thinking like, man, I'm getting a lot of stacks now. My I'm getting like a constant ten stack of uh, Tiger Eye whenever we have a new weapon go out. So something must be different, or maybe I'm just getting luck. Like, I'm I'm rolling my dice. My dice are hot. <laughs> you know, I have hot <laughs> dice. You know, I'm just rolling them really great. And then, then as this happened, and I kind of was talking with our um, other monk, and it, we were kind of thinking, yeah, maybe that's what's changed, because it, it was noticeable that Chibru was giving us a lot more charges. And then on the Tuesday, it was just, I mean, constant. I, 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 I had to up, like, almost up to 18 stacks almost instantly with still having a brew already like using one so like i could basically almost chain them back to back on a few of the fights and it was just like completely different it's like about the dps was way up from the yeah. week before even on fights where like like say nazgrim where i'm in charge of you know locking down the war shaman you know i he melted like there was no war shaman it was like <laughs> more just a dead shaman you know <laughs> he just yeah it, it was like crazy just how how much difference that that one change has done for the spec and it doesn't change our priority that much. Like we still probably, it's like mastery is still kind of at the, at the bottom of our list, but that just makes it, it makes it stronger. And so it's yeah. good to have, yeah. it's good to have that. It's like every time you pop a Chibri, you're going to get three now. Like I have yet, I've mm -hmm. only seen it like maybe once or twice where it's done. It's only two where I haven't rolled great on those two. Cause I have about 54, 55% mastery. So I have a, a, a good yeah. chance of getting an extra one. Yeah. So but, it, it, yeah. it calculates that percentage gain on each end. Like, I guess think of it as you pop one charge of cheaper, you're getting two individual stacks. And so yeah, yeah. it's yeah, rolling. Two, you have two dices to roll, but exactly. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. And I've gotten up to, I, I've hit an eight a couple times and then I've hitting a seven a couple times. And that's just insane. Like I said, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's like you're starting out the fight, and then you're hitting a couple abilities, and then all of a sudden you pop your chi brew, and you're at like 14 stacks. Yeah, and it's really weird thinking of thinking in terms of like difference between Throne of Thunder and Siege of Orgrimmar. Like before well, not, yeah, not last year, we yeah. we would start out at zero. We'd start out at our like crappy little. We have to build up for a minute before we could actually pop them, and now we're fully charged at the beginning of the fight, and so we're ready to go. Now, so. now they just need to be, be bring Rune back. That's what they need to do. No. They need to bring Rut Row back. No. It's just so I could, you know, because I'm getting so many stacks now. I'm getting Chibru's way up there, so I could, I could have it proc on the pool, you, which, you, you know. If you, if you haven't vendored or disenchanted your Rune yet, go for it, I would well, say. Well, you use but. it for Brewmaster. That's why. Like, I use it for Brewmaster on some fights. Just one of the ones I like on Dark Shaman, just because you get, like, insane crit, so I can just do a lot more damage, but... I I tried using Rune on, during progression when I was tanking Siegecrafter, but I kind of stepped away from that really fast. <laughs> healers are yelling at you too much? <laughs> well, no, the healers, they're not the ones that are going to complain unless you're dying, but my health was just dropping in big, so, such big spikes that I'd rather not mm -hmm. do it. Yeah, I'd rather not sacrifice all that mastery. Yeah, because the, yeah. the way that to play it well is to have kind of like the opposite of what we did before where mastery was one point higher. You'd have crit one point higher than your mastery. And that's what I kind of was playing with, yeah. But I'm, I think I'm, I just picked up the uh, overpowered Stam uh, defensive cooldown reduction trinket, so I'm probably gonna replace it with that. Just when I tank Dark Shaman, just because I did notice, yeah, my health was kind of more spiky. I did take like a lot more hits than I usually do. Um, but countering it to you, Rotan, when you say that you know rushing Jade Wind use uh, Ascension, I think Chibru, the way that this changed, it's I don't think it's worth. I mean, I haven't seen numbers on it, but I don't think, even think it's worth 
you know, using it on fights where you massive AOE because mm, yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's fair. And I would you can I mean it's all kind of personal preference. Yeah. You can kind of like wiggle whatever. I mean if I had the, I had the option have. I'd use AOC just for an extra yeah. just to have extra energizing yeah. brew and still keep chi brew. Like that would be ideal. The the one thing is uh, thinking about it is that also depends on how much haste you're running. Like I know um Patterson from uh I think he's from Ascendance. Ascendance, yeah. Yeah, he's running at yes. like almost fourteen K haste, I think, because last I checked. He's running absurbs he's running at like max haste that you can get. And so he's never having any problems. With I say more power to him. So. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I know. So that's going to go into the next question, which I, I'm going to ask you. Uh, just wait. Is do you fist a fury or do you not fist a fury? Or if you do, when do you use it? I do fist a fury, and when I use it, uh, well, that's a hard question to be honest. I don't, I don't really notice it myself that I'm using it, but I am. Uh, as soon as I notice that I'm low on energy, somehow my the button gets pressed. <laughs> <laughs> So it's just like that autoplay that you're just, you it's, know... It's just in my autopilot right now, yeah. Okay. And then, it, do like, you, so do you use it, like, is that really the only moment that you use it for something like that? Or do you use it uh, for, like, when Trinket's proc uh, during Lust, uh, Heroism, like, all that kind of stuff to use it for? Or is it just, you just use it whenever you're low energy, regardless of, like, what most, kind of bus you most, have? Mostly when, it's, when I'm low energy and I need to get catch up again on that. But usually when, when, it, is, when it is off cooldown and then my... My Tets Brooks, I call it Tets, the the ticking Evan detonator. I try to get it up, <laughs> even nice. with that trinket, just to get like with 19, 17 stacks. So how much haste are you are you running then? I'm running about just above nine k. Let's see, what is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nine point six right now. Okay. And I think that's kind of how. No, no. Now the one question I have too with that because you do use it when you have low energy. Um, do you cancel it? If, like, because I mean, I, uh, depending on how the boss's strategies are, but are there certain like, do you low energy plus boss is not moving for a while, or I, or I don't have to move out of something, or use it just regardless, just as like a G generator as well? Well, if the boss is moving, obviously I don't. I mean, I don't press it because I know it's going to be a waste. So yeah, I don't use it then. Okay. Because yeah, I know to hit the full duration. Otherwise, I might. I think I might as well not press it. Okay, so okay, so that's not that's not true autopilot. It's autopilot with little asterisks on the end of it. <laughs> oh, it it is well, still autopilot because it's it, yeah. It is, it yeah, it's part it's I, part of the rotation. Yeah, I know when I can press it in the fight because when the bosses are not moving, but to us, most of the fights the bosses are not even moving for us. Anyways, mm-hmm. if I think about it, like Cheesecraft, we might be moving the boss a lot, but it's usually we move it in between the belts, which means that while the melee is on the boss, it's standing still. Okay. Okay, I see. And then, right. uh, okay. And so, if, go ahead. Just real quick, like if the boss is moving, that typically means like you're you're on the move too, and so you're gonna be you're gonna be focusing more on moving and not so much on your rotation. So like that's time. I mean, it's basically kind of like you're supposed to fear your generating energy, but if the boss is moving, you're not gonna be hitting as many buttons. So that's also like and it lets you catch up a little bit. So. So now thinking about it as well, like a fight like Galacross where there's a lot of AOE ads, do you still use Fist of Fury there? Or are you just constantly keeping Rushing Jade Wind up? Or, or I mean, because I guess it really plays in also about guild strategy too, about the boss being away from ads, not being AOE'd or anything like that. Is that what you guys usually kind of come up with with your strats? Like a way for, you know, because the one that way I think about, you know, Fist of Fury because it can split between the ads. Or, or do you just not care? Is it just that, well, it's getting put somewhere you, you, and you still use it? Um, to be honest, if there's big AOE like uh, protectors or Galakras, I don't I don't bother using it. I think. 
I just always I went always ascent in there anyway, so I was I never run really low on energy. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, even, we, even with pressing gateway, it feels like I mean that's priority number one. Keeping that up, I'll just save a bit, mm -hmm. like save one global cooldown, just so I can press that button again to keep the rushing gate wind up. I mean, on Galacrass too, like you don't want to put, you don't want to use Fist of Fury because you'll put the you'll put the Skullcracker, the Bone yeah, Crushers yeah. on Stun DR, and then you get run into problems later. But yeah, yeah, because you know, especially with the uh, you know Shadow Fury stuns or. You know, uh, you know, a charging ox wavering leg sweep can get put on DR. Like on that fight m myself, I use actually Fist of Fury as like a stun, like a three cheese stun. Like just, oh, we need to stun the ad. It's gonna kill the tanker. Like there's two banners up or something like that. We have to just lock him down. I just do that to have to out of safety, yeah, I guess, the, regardless of the faction leaders and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so then I guess that that yeah it does make sense, and I guess then that goes into our next question that you kind of already answered. Uh, so you so you run around like 9 to 10k haste um, and then uh, do you have any plans of going above that or do you do that fight specific like do you have any plans of maybe trying out like even a higher like I know we mentioned Patterson with his like 14k-ish haste are you going to try it way up there or are you just going to kind of keep it where crit is your n number one priority outside of where uh, you're at currently I'll, de I'll definitely try it but it's going to be it's going to have to be after I replace my uh, assurance trinket when What's, I get my multi strike, when I get my multi strike trinket, then that's when I'll try to go above. So you still haven't you haven't gotten a multi strike to drop, or you mean, or at least one where you're able to pick it up? No, we haven't seen it drop. Well, we've seen it drop once, I think, so far. Oh wow, that's <laughs> that's like that's like my guild and, and uh, the detonator trinket. Like we haven't we, yet to like, see one drop. Everyone is everyone's all the agility users like four rogues, two <laughs> hunters, one further than me. We've all been coining it and hoping for a drop, but no one has. <laughs> Only one guy has gotten it in the drop. That's the one that drops, and that's it. Yeah, I have that trinket, and it's not, pretty nice. Not even in the five <laughs> normal groups. We didn't even see it once. No way. Wow. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that kind of sucks. And I guess that's the same way, like you said, with Rune, how it was. You know, it's like the best trinket. Everybody agrees it's like the best trinket. I mean, I, I haven't seen Detonator to actually do any testing with it, but um, like it's the best trinket that I can see for a monk in there, just because of like you know having a brew hitting RSK and having that proc the damage bonus makes it so really uh, you know awesome. Um, so then I guess that goes into the next question about you know gear and everything like that and and monk playstyle, and we kind of covered it earlier in the show, but. Uh, what are your ideas on 6.0? Just in the game, you know, playing the game, what are your thoughts on 6.0? Do you think we're going to have a long 14 boss tier? I mean, it, it really didn't feel like 14. It felt it feels more like 7 with all the rest of them kind of clunked up into that 3 spot, like our 3 to 4 boss wave. And then like the last 4 or 5 being really challengeable. Do you see it something like that? Do you think it's going to be a long-winded tier coming in 6.0? Like, or do you think they're going to be like more like Firelands where it's like 7 or 8 bosses? I actually, uh, I actually hope they're gonna redo what they did at the beginning of this expansion. So you think like a have, bunch of different bosses in different areas and, and and tiered like that, or do you think maybe more of? Yeah. So you you like the tiered eyed aspect of it? Did it feel like more? I, I like it at the beginning of an expansion. I guess. Imagine okay. if we had if we didn't have the gating systems from uh, Mogushin Palace and afterwards, then all those bosses in Heart of Fear and. Try, uh, terrace. They would have been so much harder with the with the lower item levels and the gear. Do you think it would really cause like, like more burnout as a result of that? Like if it was just here you go, here's the loot, or here's the bosses. I mean, right now we cleared all the instances within the, the week that it got opened. I mean, that's fine for me. But if they don't do that, it would have taken I think pretty much the same amount of time, which means we would have been waiting for about one and a half month again. 
just like at the beginning of beginning of cataclysm and that's it's too much for some of the people mm-hmm. so you think it it, they, to- so it's a good call then on your part like in the beginning of expand now later in the expansion do you think that's fine to go where it's like that one two week clear where you clear out the heroics really quickly or would you like to yeah. see just more off do you are going back to maybe an icc model where certain areas in the fight in the dungeon are locked until like the previous or the next week or something well, if they do that, the ICC thing, that's, that's, I mean, that works out just as fine as the, uh, as the one they did at the beginning of Pandaria, because as long as heroics unlock at the same time and we're already geared up a lot, then it's going to be no problem. So if they do that, that's, that would be even better than what they did at the start of this expansion. Just gate the normal modes and then at the end of all the normal modes, all heroics will be available at once. That would also make for a better race, I'd say. Yeah, because I think that's what they kind of want to go with is the race is more of like, like as a sprint instead of like a marathon, which with having so many bosses unlocked at once with having like, you know, not available gear, I think that would probably be a little bit, a little, you know, unfortunate for some guilds Um, because like this one definitely seemed like a sprint, like, you know, you and Blood Legion were kind of trading blows back and forth and then you guys just kind of were able to, you know, sprint off on the last bit to get those uh, last three bosses killed a lot faster than they did. Um, so I guess going into that as well, um, what are your actually ideas of the what kind of expansion is going to be? I mean, obviously BlizzCon coming up in two weeks. Uh, what do you think it's? Because I mean, everybody speculates it's going to be announced. What do you think it's going to be about? Like, do you think it's going to be, uh, you know, going back to the uh, not, not, um, Dar- uh, Demon Legion? What are they called? I just forgot now. The Burning Burning Legion. Legion. Do you think it's going to be a Burning yeah. Legion, or do you think it's going to be like something else? Do you think it's going to be like maybe Emerald Dream, or, or what are your thoughts on exactly what the theme is going to be of the next expansion? It's hard to say, to be honest. I don't want to say anything without like thinking properly about it, but I think I, I just hope it's going to be a dark themed expansion. So you liked the kind of like how uh, uh, Throne of Thunder was, where it was kind of dark themed, and and also uh, you know Siege of Orgrimmar, where it was like you know bodies laying around everywhere, like it seemed like a war zone when you walked into the uh, dungeon. Well, I mean, the whole expansion, pretty much, like the imagine the Burning Crusades, like something like that. So yeah, I hope it's I hope it's going to be something with the Burning Legion, sure. Yeah, like Mr. Bendaria has been really like really happy and sunny and and go lucky and lots of like everyone's hugging each other and everyone's friends. But <laughs> kind of need to get back like, to it, we need to get back to Warcraft here, guys. Come on. It doesn't feel like you're saving the world. I mean, uh-uh. mm-hmm. yeah, 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 like, 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 the, like everything got destroyed and you saved the world by killing the guy that destroyed everything. But in Pandaria, yeah. you come here and you just ruined their place instead of <laughs> exactly place like already and, ruined. And the shot doesn't really feel like a great villain at all. It just feels like, oh, we messed up and now we got to clean up our mess. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then I guess, yeah, I mean, I think I agree too. I mean, I think Burning Legion would just, because there's a lot of people out there who are kind of, I'm not burned out, but just kind of like lulled by Mr. Pandaria. And if they came back with like, you know, Sargeras and Burning Legion just coming down with fire and brimstone everywhere all over the world or something, like, make it feel like, like, oh, we're going to die if we don't help out or defeat these bosses, I think would make it more of a fun expansion. Um, So then I guess going into one of the last questions I have for you, uh, Just Wait, are you going to be attending BlizzCon this year or no? Yeah, I will be. And is it going to be, are you part of the uh, selected crew for the, uh, the live raids? Yeah, I'll be just, I'll be raiding there on stage myself. Are you now, as, as a monk, correct? Right, you're going to be showcasing the monk. Yeah, I'll be showcasing the monk there. Yeah. Then I demand. I de- will not demand, but I I hope it, you do like what all of us other monks do as well sometimes and accidentally roll off or 
or FSK oh. off the thing and die. <laughs> uh, I hope not. I don't want to wipe the raid when we are raising. <laughs> well, you know, like a funny moment or something like that, like on an accident, like you know. But but I mean, this is like I guess during like because I think they do. I mean, depending on what they do. I mean, obviously, I don't want to ask you too much because I don't want to do any spoilers for anybody you know attending BlizzCon or anything like that. But you know, I think it was like one year they just like spawned a bunch of bosses or something and kind of wiped the raid or anything like that. You know, uh, do you expect going in there to be something challenging like that, or do you think it might be? Well, actually, no. Then I, I might. If you do, you already know what you're going to be doing there. Or you just know there's going to be an event that you're going to be taking place. I guess is the better question. Um, we know what we're going to be doing there, but I I do hope that they're going to like add in adding something special, like put the bosses on steroids. It would be nice. <laughs> but maybe be funny too if they like spawn like three Ragnaros's uh, phase fours in in the <laughs> in like the final boss room or something like that. <laughs> well, that wouldn't even be too hard because. As, as long as we get four uh, Breath of Frost, then it's, uh, we have enough room to stand in anyways. <laughs> but then you have to remember, like, oh, wait, we have to do the triangle again. <laughs> and someone, oh, someone's too close. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that'd be hard to set up. Although the garage tactic in the last phase is pretty much the same almost. So <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, then I guess uh, thanks again. Uh, just wait for joining us today. Um any last thoughts on the monk class? Any kind of like things that you want to kind of say about it, or maybe any monks out there that might be discouraged, or or anything like that about the class and how it's going, or anything like that? Well, no, I think the monk is in a good position. So all I can say is um, get rid of all those cooldowns from the other classes, <laughs> then we'll and then we'll we'll be fine. We're in a good spot right yeah. now, but the others are just in a bad spot because everything they have. Well, a good spot for them, bad spot for us. Then I guess. I'll, I mean, I'll, I guess on my token, do you, I mean, kind of turning it around on the other classes. Like, do you think that the some classes are propped up just because they're they're cooldowns or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. our DPS is it's all right. I mean, although when I look at feral druids nowadays, it's kind of getting crazy with them, but they're yeah, the only class of it. Until they get until they get the the, the rune reorganization nerf for them as well or whatever, but yeah. So um, the the one thing too also is it's just adding on to it as well. Um, I really based on what Ghostcaller has been tweeting out recently, or at least not released recently. I mean, over the past you know tier, that it seems like they may actually reduce a lot of the raid cooldowns because he like he called it the arms race where everybody had a you know race to get all these you know raid cooldowns. So it wouldn't be surprising like they did. I think it was in Cataclysm where they reduced a lot of raid cooldowns. It wouldn't surprise me if they did that again and removed some larger cooldowns, like classes that have multiple of them only have one instead of like a bunch of them. In the, I really in the hope so. Because mm -hmm. right now there's 25 men raiding scene at least. I mean, mm -hmm. you need to have a cooldown rotation fully set well, not, up. Yeah, not just that. For ten pretty men, much I every mean, boss, yeah. Ten, ten men are designed around that. I mean, you have the comp that has raid cooldowns. You, you cannot have one person that doesn't. And I think that's a lot of the pain for a lot of Windwalkers out there that are running tens that are more in a serious raiding mode. So they're going for more, you know, you know, server first ten man or you know, world first ten man that they're just sitting out or having to go brewmaster. Which isn't bad. I mean, if you go brewmaster, that's okay because you'll you'll still top the meters that way. Yeah. Okay. Well, you I mean, go, go ahead. Look at look one and this last progress, for example. The prime example would be the top heroic. Like the first tactic we tried, the first six pulls before the hotfix it, we were staying in phase one mm -hmm. for like ever, and we had chained cooldowns the whole fight, and we were there for like about I didn't think it was eight or nine minutes, and the boss was at twenty percent before the hotfix it, and we just chained cooldowns <laughs> the whole duration everything there was no moment without a cooldown wow i mean that's how we kind of do it now we get to like around 27 stacks or so and it still just makes the fight almost trivial because you're able to just out heal it 
and then you can just you know just basically sit there and patchwork the fight as far as the DPS is concerned. Without, without cooldowns, the game will be more about playstyle for mm -hmm. sure, not about uh, just cooldowns. So I, I really hope they're going to reduce the cooldowns. Okay, again, thanks, uh, Just Wait, for joining us today. You can go and reach him on Twitter at Just Wait. That's W8, the, the number 8. And then you can also go to MethodWow.com to reach him for any kind of questions. Uh, you can reach Rotun on Twitter at SaltyEric. Thanks again, Rotun, for joining us this week. And then uh, you can also reach the show at show at MonkCraftPodcast.com if you have any questions. At MonkPodcast, reach us on Twitter. And then, obviously, www.mugcraftpodcast.com for the uh, web URL. And we are also trying to get on Stitcher, so stay you know, tuned for that. Still trying to hear, wait to hear back from them. And that's the, been it for this week on Minecraft Podcast, and we hope to see you next week. Bye.